press play? Yes, I sure did. It's record, actually. You always say play. <laughs> I know. I so. <laughs> okay. 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 Okay, you ready? Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. We're going to be like, a, hey guys, this is Shop Talk no, at the same should, time. What we should say is, I'm Lisa Marinowski and this is Shop Talk. Hi, I'm uh, Lisa <laughs> Marinowski. I sometimes go by asshole. This is an ASMR <laughs> podcast. And this is Tanner Lynn Smith. Oh gosh. He hi. sometimes goes by Janner because he uh, <laughs> makes his T's a J for his signature. No one calls me that. Oh, well, they should because. That's what you write. This is Shop Talk. Shop Talk. First episode. So we have been super excited. I've been rehearsing this in the shower. (laughs) Have you? Have you? No. I mean, I've thought about things I want to say. And, you know, I don't know. I don't really get too nervous about talking. And not that this is in public, but. No, yeah. So we're from Wichita, Kansas. Mm. Wichita. Right smack dab in the middle of New Year, both born and raised here. Um, but yeah, we like it. I've been doing hair. I've been a licensed stylist for almost 13 years. Uh, and then I've had kind of an up and down relationship with hair. I've been a teacher and instructor for about six years, worked front desk at a school. Um, I owned a suite, I ran my own little, rented my own little suite, and now I've been a business owner um, while working behind the chair for about almost four years now. So that's um, probably the biggest or like the highlight of my career right now. It's also the hardest. So that's kind of some things I want to dive in with this podcast is really talk about uh, owning a business, being a stylist behind the chair, you know, kind of managing the two together with your personal life as well. Body image. Oh. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about it all. <laughs> okay, you go. Yeah, so um, we have pretty similar backgrounds because we met at hair school. and Palm so school. <clears throat> yeah, we have like a decade of experience in hair and mm-hmm. just kind of navigating the industry. Um, my path I really chose to take was through management, marketing, social media management, um, brand establishment, education um, through Paul Mitchell. And so um, that was always really more of my passion. Um, I just didn't really find that passion behind the chair. He hated and so, it. which is funny now because I feel like I'm actually learning to like it a lot more yeah. now that I've experienced it a lot more. Um, I just felt like I was better at I don't know. I, I felt like I had more to offer yeah. um, not behind the chair. Hair is very in- intimidating at first, Oh, too. totally, yeah. And and I think, too, like back in the day, just when I was starting out, you know, I just didn't put the focus on it. I needed to. Yeah. And I mean, we're 19. Yeah, and I think, too, like, oh, I think this happens to a lot of people, but I think for me, I was more like, oh, this is, like, somewhere I can go, meaning education and uh, managing and stuff that, like, um, you know, it was... It was an easier route for mm-hmm. sure, and so I think I was just like, "Oh, there's money in that, and you know, I'm good at it." And so, well, and we could talk about that for days. Hair's yeah. easy, <laughs> like yeah, no, no honestly, I think, I think that isn't the easy route at all. It's, I think that's five the, five fucking minutes into going to hair school, you're like, "Holy shit, what did I do?" You well, know, and, and for just a like, lot of I reasons, mean, I think the hard part is really sticking it out. Like you yeah. know, I think you can learn you know, all the skills you need to know 
to be able to be successful behind the chair as far as like technical abilities but I think really the hard part is like sticking it out Mm -hmm. showing up every day you know riding through those waves of like there isn't always income coming in or having two three jobs you know some people and I think most people can't handle that like me personally I'm not meant for that life of labor so (laughs) (laughs) three jobs is not gonna happen yeah. No, but, so no, I but I, there is, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. And yeah. so I think, I think we all yeah, kind of start, I, don't know. I feel like every, uh, everybody's school experiences, everyone tells you, you're not going to be successful at first. You're not going to have clients, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I think deep down, we all think, uh, that's not no, going to be me. I'll do it. Yeah. Don't worry. And then you get into the salon reality. And I think every salon in the beginning, you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. It's just whether you're at, you know, one of the top salons in your city, um, or like a little podunk thing, you know, by a lake. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I haven't been to that salon yet. <laughs> I have, wow. and it is dead. Oh, that was in that episode of Unsolved Mysteries, that, <laughs> that woman who got stolen no, from I her think salon. No, it was the girl, pic- girl in the picture. Have you heard of it? No. Anyways, but I think you are going to mm. have some time where you're going to have to build up your clientele, build up your, you know, income. Yeah. No, totally. But that's a whole nother topic. Yeah. Um, yeah. We really just kind of want to focus on us today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is going to be a lot of us detouring and like having these long tangents off to the side. Yeah. So, so, so first be thing prepared. we want to kind of tell all three of our viewers is we're going to be drinking while we're Oh, do yes. This. Yeah. I forgot. Um, we're already almost done this down. with our uh, drinks. So we'll have a theme for every podcast. Um, and yeah. maybe. Maybe once we get up to like five, six, seven, eight viewers, maybe we'll start posting our drinks so that you can make the drink and listen at the same time. Yeah. Um, that could get be fun. Get drunk with us, please. Tanner never gets drunk with me. <laughs> this will be my once a week. My only person, the only person that drinks with me is my husband now. It's kind of lame. <laughs> but anyways, so I thought the perfect drink is what I like to call the petito. Oh. So I was drinking these daily Double <laughs> daily, I don't know, you name. Um, when I during was the day. during the day, evening, <laughs> night, um, when I was building the salon. So we'll kind of dive more into that time frame, but um, I love to unwind after a, a hard day behind the chair. You're exhausted physically, especially as I've gotten into my 30s. And so the first thing I do when I get home is I take a shower, I get the hair out of between my, my boobs, and my husband makes me a cocktail, and mm. I'll have one, I'll have two, I'll have three. I usually have one. Just Sounds me. like privilege to me. But, I know, <laughs> and I'll take that privilege, and I'll run with it with a cocktail in my hand. Mm. So, anyways, um, at this time, I was drinking, um, it was Sprite Zero, low-cal, uh, fresh jalapeno, and vodka, and that was it. And it was just really refreshing, depending on my mood. A few more jalapenos. By the end of the night, there was like ten in there. <laughs> But Ten jalapenos? <laughs> That's how you count your drinks? Yeah. Remember back in the day, how did they do that? There was something that people would do. They would, like, leave something in their drinks. Like, their garnishes or, like, oh. the pop top of their... That's how they, like, Tab. kept count. I don't the know. Dr. Um, you can tell I don't drink a lot. I don't know. Well, I don't know what that is. Um... So anyways, I quit drinking these because I turned 30 and acid reflux hit me like a big yellow school bus. So this uh, podcast is also (laughs) sponsored by Meprazole and Imodium. (laughs) Wait, what does Imodium do? (laughs) 
Doesn't that stop you? That's for like, yeah, no, that's like when you're constipated, I think, like, else you take shit. (laughs) Wow. Well, I'm 30 also, but I don't have to take all that stuff because I don't drink every day. Start the morning with a fresh omeprazole. Yep. Okay, so. These potatoes are what cause it. Mm -hmm. Say when. Mm. Okay, enough. That's good. You said enough, Jesus not win. <laughs> Put some Sprite in that or I'll freaking die. All right. Um, so I call okay. these low-cal lit. They're easy. They're refreshing. My husband, when we first met, was obsessed with them. Oh, so every time we say the word million, you have to drink. Or we have to drink. But if you want to drink with us, do million, it. Million, yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers baby. to a million. One million. So... That leads us to our theme, the episode of the day. It's not that strong. Mm. Um, How to create a salon. A million dollar salon drink. (laughs) In under five years. One thing I'd love to point out is our goal was to survive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The theme of the salon is survival. Yeah. Um, I... I did not plan on having any sort of success, especially this soon. I didn't really know what I want. I Honestly, I didn't even want to own a business. Yeah. I remember when I was doing hair and my dad would say, oh, Lisa, someday you're going to own a business. It seems everyone always says that. I know, and I was like, in, no. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just going to work behind the chair and, and then, I don't know, stop or something. I don't know. I just didn't think... That it's a huge goal me. of everyone's, I think, because yeah. I remember in hair school working in it and going to it, people would sit in class and they would talk about these things like, what yeah. are you planning on doing? What are your future goals or whatever? And it was always like, I want to own my own shop. I want to own my own salon. I want to own, yeah. you know, something. And so I don't know. I was kind of like you. I just never really thought about it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, I wasn't really thinking that far I ahead. I think we should point out time. we were 19. I yeah. was still a virgin. So oh, <laughs> so <laughs> were you? No, I wasn't. <laughs> At 19? Yes, you were. You were still okay, a virgin. Okay, someone did just ask me when I lost my virginity, and I was like, oh, I was definitely 18. At, like, I was convinced. And then as I started thinking about it, I was like, wait, no, there's no way, because I hadn't met you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we had barely just known each other. <laughs> we had- <laughs> Jesus. No, but I hadn't met you, and not that you were <laughs> that person, but okay. because I met my first boyfriend with you. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, yeah, there's no way. But I don't know. I was, like, convinced I was 18. I mean, you God. were probably, we're like, losers. 20. We're like, that's the first step to get a million-dollar salon. <laughs> Abstinence. <Save yourself. laughs> but, yeah, we were just, like, little jo- dorks, and my Pontiac's yeah. on fire, your Dodge Neon, and, like, we didn't think about owning a salon. <laughs> And honestly, like, I feel like that's been the theme of all of this. Like, anytime yeah. we've taken on anything, it's like, well, let's see how this goes, and then it goes, you know? <laughs> we're, like, we're like, we have all these really great words of advice. Just figure it out. Yeah. No. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I do think there are a lot of contributing factors to why we've had success. I think some of it, though... I I wouldn't say that it's entirely just, like, luck. Like, I think there are a lot of things that go into it that it's, like, I would say probably more chance. Like, there were things that came up that just happened by chance, and we were like, oh, yeah, like, that would work. Why? Who's My chance. You want to talk about my chance? (laughs) I guess. I don't know what that is. I found the salon because I chipped my two front teeth. Okay, so I've seen you say that a couple times, and I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so let's, let's dive into 2018. Little asshole. Lisa backwards asshole 
is in Dallas, having the time of her life. I had a few, like one petito. Mm. And when I, ever had I had one. never heard of those motorized scooters yet. Oh, please. Never heard of motorized scooters. And so I was like, oh, these are cool. And I was bebopping all over downtown Dallas. I just thought I was hot shite. So anyways, uh, I'm doing it all afternoon. We're supposed to go to a concert with a group of friends. All afternoon, supposed to go to a concert. And I said, let's just... I think we all took a nap, and then I woke up like, do you guys want to go on the scooters? I just yeah. loved them. And so, anyways, moral of the story is I'm going around Dallas speeding, had like one, two, three petitos, and I clip the curb, and I go flying over the handlebars. Guys, I literally saw my teeth shatter on the pavement and sprinkle on the pavement like sand there was a homeless guy right next to me he didn't even move he like looked at me and looked away like he didn't even have a reaction after all the things i've seen yeah i know right he's like split teeth or nothing honey i had a lisp i could not say my name okay so i remember that i mean obviously i will never forget this but mostly because you just sent me a random video with no context of you with no front teeth honestly i laughed yeah. Well, of, I mean, yeah, you have to. That's I didn't survival. have dental insurance. Who does? <laughs> yeah. Well, America, that's another insurance. podcast. Yeah. Let's get into that later. We're like affordable health care. Let's yeah. talk about that. <laughs> Actually, can that <laughs> be our new word? Affordable health care. <laughs> health care. Who that's needs a, it? Well, hairdressers don't apparently because none of us have it. Mm. But anyways. Okay, I guess my question is, like, I know this story, and I know... Oh, okay. Well, how did it oh, connect to the there. salon? Because I was so like... <laughs> I had all my wisdom... Yeah, listen. I had, So at this time, I was at a Sola, and I was booked. I was working late, five mm. days a week. Mm-hmm. I had no balance for my personal and professional life, and something had to change. I either needed to move forward, open a business, expand somehow, or just learn to say no, which that's another podcast conversation we can have <laughs> learning to say no because I'm just now starting to learn to do that 13 years in I'm 32 mother wife anyways and so I anyway so I chipped my two front teeth I at the time I had all four of my wisdom teeth and it impacted them and so for the next three weeks after that, I couldn't sleep. I had headaches. It was awful. Okay. And honestly, Petito was my best friend during that time because ibuprofen, anything I took wasn't taking care of this until I fought. And I, so I would have a Petito and it would kind of numb the pain. And then at like two in the morning, I'd wake up and just pain and couldn't sleep. Lo and behold, I needed my uh, wisdom teeth extracted, which is fine. So one night, Two in the morning, I'm spinning, my teeth hurt, I feel like it probably isn't um, okay for me to have another petito. So I start Googling, and the first thing I Google is Wichita hair salons for sale. And a drone drone video. Well, because I told you, I just kind of... I didn't know what I was going to do. So you're just kind of like looking around. Yeah. I didn't know. You know, I didn't have, I think I had like three or $4,000 in savings, like, Mm -hmm. which I mean, isn't enough to buy a salon. It was enough obviously to live and survive off of, but I, I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know, do I get a loan? I just was kind of seeing what my path was. I was probably Googling a lot of things (laughs) at the time. (laughs) All professional and salon related. (laughs) (laughs) Questionable search history. God, I wish I could bring that search history back Honestly, me too. Okay, so (laughs) there's no reason I do this, but I just have my browser in private browser on my phone. There's no reason. There's no reason. But I... 
kind of wish I didn't because just some of this dumb shit that I will search, oh, yeah. I'm just like, I would love to like when I'm like 75, go back and read like all of my mm-hmm. search history. Like that should be, you know, like they say your life flash before, like flashes before your eyes. It should be like when you die, your search history is just like oh, <laughs> listed no, off never. to you. Because <laughs> mine would be like, how do you spell orange or something? I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, no, it'd be so dumb stupid. shit. Like, like, God, I, I had so much What's the death penalty in Indiana? <gasps> Our first special guest. <laughs> this is why I'm doing number one. It's Kevin. Hey. Kevin, come here. We're doing a podcast. Hey, hi. How you doing? This, this is, is Kevin. Kevin. If you need it, have to be clean. Oh, yeah. He's our first sponsor. <laughs> Great, Kevin. We need money. <laughs> Don't break the glass. That's Lisa's anniversary glass. I've already. Mother's been... Day. Mm. I get cocktail glasses. So good, right? Oh. Isn't that good? Nice. Uh, <laughs> yay! I don't know, but honestly, we need more interruptions because we get on tangents and then we can move on because I don't, we were just r- riddling on. Oh, I know. I found, riddling on. I found the salon. Oh, so yeah. That so was you found it online. Okay. I found it online. Anyways, we're the star story. I found it online. I call, like, called the broker for it and said, yeah. hey, you guys have it for this price. Any way I can get it cheaper? And he said, well, he's already come down. She's already come down by half. And I said, oh, shit. Because I was expecting so. him to come by, down by, like, 10, 15%. No, by half. And so... We kind of came in at the 11th hour, though, we did, because yes. I, I feel like there's a million things that go into it, and I don't think you can really quantify it into, like, a special recipe or whatever, Damn. but I really do feel like timing is everything. Yeah, so she had had the salon listed for, I think, a good year, and I think she had had some potential buyers over and over a million. I'll drink with you. Cheers. Uh, potential bu- buyers a few times. Um when I had called, she had already started listing the stations individually. To so sell. she was starting to break things she, apart. We well, were starting to yeah, like it. That by I probably came in the beginning of the month, and she had to be out by the end. So okay. this sale. So she was at the point where it was no longer like a business sale, and it was more of like an asset sale. Like let me yep. sell off all of the actual like parts of the business that I can yeah. to make any sort of dollar amount. So I came in <clears> with um, whatever cash I could kind of scrounge up and just. Bought everything out from underneath her. Yeah. And it was a five chair salon, and in four weeks, we turned it into a 10 chair salon. Right. Okay, so we kind of had chatted about this before, but I think it'll be fun to tell everyone like what we think are three like main contributing factors to the success of the salon is because I think for both of us, like we just have such different perspectives because we just have such different roles in the business. Yeah, no, that's so true. I mean, I think we operate at kind of as like one entity, but like I also think we have just very different perspectives. So the first thing we should say is like, um, who's more important? Uh, I mean, I could you can. I, I you think, can say, but I think everyone knows. Yeah. So it's really just the we'll leave it up to court of public opinion. All four of our viewers, <laughs> court of public. Okay. So, anyways, okay, contributing factors. I want to say like um, energy. I mean, <laughs> like. <laughs> I want to say just like vibes, love. vibes, like definitely yeah. vibes. Okay, so. One thing I should point... So we were... Tanner and I were doing... Literally okay, doing yeah, interviews. Talk, well, I think we should back up and talk okay. about, like, 
before we even like took on the salon, like where we were at in our careers. So at that okay. point, you were running your sola. Yeah, you I had, had a two chair sola. Yeah. You were kind of running like a double booking situation where you were trying to just maximize as much as you could in the mm-hmm. in the small studio you had, but also time frame. Yeah, I was managing the education team at Paul Mitchell. So, like, a staff of, like, maybe 10 or 15 and then, you know, just helping with, like, student advising and all of that. Well, and I, a staff of 10 to 15, but also students. What, you yeah, probably like had, like... 125 students, probably. So, there's a lot of management Yeah, for those so we were kind of... Well. We were working a lot, and so... We were, and I think we, we were unhappy where we were. It was almost like you needed to take the dial and just kind of turn it a little totally, bit. Totally, like yeah. Something needed to change. Mm-hmm. I think we both wanted more freedom... Um, and just a change of pace. So, yeah. And I think you and I are just the type of people that like every so often we kind of start searching for something new. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's just kind of like, I think where both of us were at, it had served our purpose or we had served our purpose and we kind of had given it everything we could and we just needed some new challenge, I think. Yeah. At least that's where I had felt like I was at. And yeah. so um, I kind of just was at the next step, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just the progression of life. I think we're always trying to look for something where we can grow and build upon. But what's the first thing that you comes to mind for you that think, makes you think about, like, okay, if I'm going <clears> to <throat> – if I was going to open a salon and try to make it successful and, you know, kind of recreate whatever this origin is, like, what would your first advice be to someone? Wow, can you type that out? <laughs> type that question Dear out. God, that was a mouthful. Um, I think passion, and that's such okay. a blase. Like, it's, it's like a vibes thing. It's like, oh, It my. is, but I, I think no matter how much I love running the business, how much I loved opening the business, all mm-hmm. of that, I have always loved working behind the chair. I love mm-hmm. my clients. I have had clients my entire career. I've had clients that have been with me for three hours, you know. Um, I love the creativity. It gives me the freedom, the income it's given me. Like, of course, okay. um, that's always going to be a contributing factor. And so I knew no matter what, what I did behind the chair could support the salon. Yeah. And I love working behind the chair. So it's it funny easy. that you say that because that was actually the number one thing on my list. It's my, the way I wrote it was a lot more business than the way you wrote it. Yeah. But, or the way that you said it. Which but is true to us It's right so now. true yeah. because I think like the, one of the key factors to why this business has been successful is was you were bringing in the income yeah. that created the capital that we needed to not... For, for several things. One, to just even be able to like purchase and do this, but you were bringing in the income that created the the um, comfortability. It wasn't like we had to like compromise our vision mm-hmm. as far as like the brand and the um, kind of business we wanted, yeah, the like business culture we wanted to create. Yeah, like yeah. we didn't have to do anything that sacrificed our um, kind of vision and point of view where I think a lot of businesses do that coming in. And it's kind of like new stylists. Like, where I feel like we, over the years, have talked to so many new stylists, and we just say things like, you know, in the beginning, when you're really hungry for for clients and all these things, you, mm-hmm. like, make a lot of concessions to get people in, whether that's working outside of your schedule or, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like for each person. But, you know, I think your 
passion for being behind the chair and having this full clientele and continuing that when you opened your business, like it, that was a huge factor in being able to do this in a way that wasn't like super, there wasn't like this insane high pressure. There was pressure for success, but there wasn't like a pressure of like, oh my God, like we need a thousand more dollars to like make ends meet and you know what I mean like we had that that capital coming in and so that was really I think a huge factor for the business which that really lines up like for me like if I was going into a salon or if I was wanting to create a salon like say I you know was graduating from school I'd been in the industry for a few years and I really wanted to you know start to develop my business like that to me is actually the most important thing is like you need to create an income for yourself that you have some flexibility that you aren't gonna like feast or famine off well, and of I think that's business. why a lot of people go into this industry I mean that's the one thing that schools market you know make your own schedule bloopy bloppy bloopy. oh totally be your, own, be your own boss yes. you know and boss babe yeah there's You're a total boss, babe. <laughs> Gross. Anyways, um, yeah. So, you know, and you know, I think that's that's huge because yeah, it just it it relieved the pressure. It it yeah. di- it definitely didn't. I mean, I, I but mean, I don't was think pressure on my end to make sure I kept these clients and mm-hmm. I kept growing. There was always pressure, I totally. think, but I don't think I, I think you're right in saying that. Um, I don't think there was pressure on the staff to begin with, but. It it was a very smart move. It was you know? it was we smooth. didn't have a loan. That's the thing. Is, yeah, yes, it, there was there was a there was an ability of a smoothness and seamlessness that yeah. like I don't think a lot of people have when they go into a business like this because they're they don't have all of those kind of ducks in a row and so then they yes end up you know taking out huge loans or yeah. asking for money from people or maxing their credit cards out you know or whatever and so yep. I think that that's really key. Is being able to have have a steady income um, that you're not relying on it. And yeah. I think, too, like, with that being said, you didn't ever, like, expect becoming – when you became a business owner that, like, the work stopped. And I think a lot of people think, like, being a business owner, like, you're – you're in charge, so, like, you get to make your own schedule and you get to do all these, you know, you do get freedom and there are all of those things that, you know, are great and we do have freedoms that we didn't have when, you know, we were working for other people's businesses, but I I think there is a misconception on, like, when you become a business owner, like, you work less or, like, you, I don't know. Or you're rich. Or or you just, like, don't work very hard or whatever. And it's like, gosh, I think that's going to be the hardest you work in your life. I still truly believe that this is, like, my first child and still is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, and I think you had said at one time when we had had a conversation, like, it's personal. Like, I take this very personally because I, I've worked so hard and I still work hard and, that's that's yeah. a hard one too because I think for you and I like we've worked with so many other people who like have taken like what they're offering as a business or like the way they run their businesses or whatever like they take it so personally that like that was a huge factor for us I think going into yeah. this that like we have to realize that like as much as we care about this like other people are not going to care as no, much no like one, no one's going to care about this more than you nope. like no one and, and you that can't sucks. expect but you can't it expect sucks. it it and does exactly, suck yeah. like but you can't expect it because and no did one's you here. 
Did no, you care about other not. people's businesses like that? I can't like tell that? you how many times I think about certain situations with ex, you know, bosses mm-hmm. that I all have good relationships with still where they had made comments about things and me just thinking it was so simple, like, just fire them or yeah. just get this oh, or just totally. buy this. And yes. it's like, oh my gosh, no, there's so yeah. many other contributing factors than just do this. Mm-hmm. You know, but you're young and, I mean, ignorant really is what it is. Young, but dumb, and broke. I think one thing I did realize early on too is that like at the end of the day I'm the first one and I'm the last one I'm the first one for the business and I'm the last one for the business you know Mm -hmm. and that's not that's not personal that's just fact that is what it is well and it's like you knew that you knew that going into it yeah so it doesn't it's still you know it's still like I say a, a baby so you still kind of take things personally but it's it's pure reaction what do you do with that like if somebody you know hurts your child or you know your salon it's you know, yes, I'm upset. What am I going to do with that feeling? Yeah. I'm mad. I'm upset. You know, you know, reflect. Reflection right. is key. But anyways, we're getting off subject. So, so okay, I have was... another point okay. to be made. I okay. think another big factor into creating a million dollar salon. We're going to need more potatoes. Oh, my God. I think Kevin wanted one. This is one. the most I've drank ever. Blue. No, this isn't. But I got barf on the side of my car to prove that wrong. <laughs> I just don't really drink anymore, guys. So Lisa found a way that she can get it into work. So. I whittled it in. <laughs> I did. Um, okay, so I think another huge factor when it comes to um, why this salon has been successful is... I feel like I'm... Okay, so this is a side note. Um Sometimes when I talk, I feel like I channel the parts of elementary school when you had to write, like, paragraphs, and it was like, you have to restate your... Do you remember that? Like, you have to restate your point. So it's like... Or you have to restate the question. So remember the question's like, why is the sky blue? Well, the sky is blue because Uh, I feel like I talk like that in life. So that's annoying, right? (laughs) Um, Anyways, so my second one is... Location, which it's so funny with business, so many people just say location, location, location. I find that that's an old school mentality. Like, I don't think that the location of your business makes or breaks it to a degree. I think, like, no, the statement comes off very much like that's all you need is location. Yeah, like if you get no. this prime spot, you're going to be They'll super successful. You, They'll just run into your business. And I think once Messiah. upon a time, that yeah. was accurate i think that that actually was the way that businesses worked i think probably back in the day if you you know were on douglas and had you know that front row spot where people were driving and and you know people would pop in and get a service or whatever like i'm sure that probably was super you know advantageous for you but i think now we live in a world where like salons are not ran by walk-in culture they're not ran by location of course you want to be in a spot where people can see you and there's traffic and they're like oh what is that you know like of course you want brand recognition but i don't think location is 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 as important as it used to be um when i say location well when i say location i mean like we got like we were fortunate enough to find a salon at the right time, at the right price, at the right location. Yeah. And I think that's really what's more important is, yeah. is not necessarily like, oh, this is the best spot, but it's going to cost me ten grand a month in rent. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Could, do you have the income coming in? Do you have that kind of revenue yeah. to drive that? Or are you just going to constantly be trying to, like, make ends meet? Yeah. For us, it was like we got, you know, 
we were lucky enough to find a spot that like the dollars made sense, the rent made sense, like all of these things just kind of lined up and we didn't, we weren't trigger happy in finding a place before that. And so again, like when I said earlier, timing is everything. I think, you know, we did find a, a kind of gold, uh, Goldilocks place yeah, that Goldilocks I don't, you know, sure. like, I just don't think that well, like, like we would have had as details, much success. The salon that. was very reasonable rent wise. It wasn't much more than what I was already spending on a two chair salon. And this was five, yeah. a five chair salon that we turned, we doubled. So I went from two to 10 and, you know, upped up my rent, of course, a little bit, but affordably. And so that made a big difference. And, you know, I, in our city, especially parking is perfect. Um, there's a parking garage behind and on top of us. There's parking in front of it. There's, there's no, I was a little upset when we signed our lease cause I wanted, um, designated parking for the business and they said, no, that's been an issue. Hasn't been an issue and yeah. people in our city really care about parking. Oh, We're I mean, not, I do. If yeah. I have to go to a business and it's super annoying, yeah. I mean, even restaurants or bars, I'm like, oh, let's not go there. It's like, that's the first thing you think of, especially here. Literally. It's like, oh, parking sucks. Or, God, they're great. How many times do you hear yourself becoming your parents when you say, I really like, you know, such and such place, but they have no parking. Uh, yeah. And I've got a big yellow school bus of a car. Yeah. So that's already, I barely know how to drive that, let alone no parking areas. So, um, so But I, yeah, I did really felt like that. location as far as like. Not necessarily geographically, like I felt like this was like the best space. It is a great space, like being in downtown, being in Old Town, like we're in the middle kind of of everything. Yeah. Um, I people do recognize definitely, it. like this yeah. is definitely a place that people come to just to like hang out. So I think that's really important. But I mean, just to touch on walk-in culture again, like I just don't believe walk-in culture is really a thing anymore, at yeah. least for our business. I don't no. know for other salons, but I think in the four, it just doesn't years exist anymore. Open, I think we've had. 12 walk-ins maybe yeah I would say maybe and and to me they always end up being like difficult clients yeah they don't end up being clients that you really want they want they not rebook. not because they're like uh, unhappy people that they're hard to deal with but yeah they don't rebook they don't they don't really see the value in spending money consistently on their hair. Yeah. And so I think that's the thing is like, we just live in a different world now where the, we want someone who values the investment they're making in their hair. Yes. And so unfortunately walking culture just doesn't really promote that. Walking culture is a quick buck. We want to yeah. create a long life, you know, lifelong law. Oh my God. A lifelong, lifelong client lifelong. that's invests yeah. in their hair and understands why it's important. And so I think that's really important. And yeah. I think to also weigh in again, I feel like we've kind of hit this a little bit, but like finding a space that financially makes sense. Yes. You know, it's like you can't, I think for us, like, of course we want the world when it comes to like stations and artwork and signage and Vibes all, you know, all these things. Like, of course you want yeah. those things. But we, when we started this business, we did not make um, frivolous decisions no. when we were purchasing design elements or mirrors or whatever. Like we really made yes. smart, I wouldn't really say frugal, but like smart, like, oh, very like frugal. don't spend money that we don't need to spend. No. And I find a lot of people like, will build a salon that's, you know, they're spending a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in a build out. And it's like, yeah, it looks great and pretty, but like, do you have people in your stations? No. Like, do you have clients in your chair? 
Like so that should you know, go to like our next points uh, uh, that contributed to the success of our million dollar salon. Whoa. Is our background in education. So he currently was at Paul Mitchell, but I had worked there for six years prior to that as an instructor. So yeah. we had a like plethora of f- women and men that we knew that we wanted to work for us. And so yeah, absolutely. I, so is I, that your second point is the the people that you knew? Oh, like kind oh of like yeah. The connections. And because of the people we knew, we got more people that applied. It yeah. really kind of worked out. But I just kind of went like like guerrilla marketing or whatever, and I Instagrammed. I mean, I, you. I kind of felt like you had really serious intentions on who you wanted. Uh, like I felt like you seeked out the people that you wanted. And I remember how they were students. I kind of uh, you know looked at their social media, um, and. I just I reached out to them and said I'm opening a business I want you on the team are you interested can you meet and I had a lot of no's I had a lot of yeses I had a lot of interviews at 10 o'clock at Chili's yeah (laughs) remember that that. after I had a lot of interviews that I couldn't make I thought I could but an appointment ran over um, and we were able and like to change a five chair salon to a ten chair and I think what we started the salon with how many employees twelve oh you're asking. I remember the last employee we hired, Tanner, was like, oh, no, we're not doing this. We've already, I think we had nine stations at that time. He was like, where are we going to put a tenth one? I don't get it. It was it. It was the last interview. Remember, we interviewed her in the salon. The salon was dust. (laughs) Like, there was dust everywhere. So she had reached out to me on Instagram. I was in Iceland in a wake at the time. And that's a whole other story, the Iceland story. And who do you think you are? Just like going and like traveling while you're opening well, a business. It's called Groupon. You should the, your third it. point should be the success is Iceland. to your left. Oh, no. We're still <laughs> the person holding about down the fort the while she's gallivanting through. What's the, <laughs> what's the no? What's the city you were in? Oh, Reykjavik. Reykjavik. Yeah, in sunny Iceland. <laughs> Meanwhile, in I'm January. answering plumbers' phone calls. <laughs> okay, I took a few. Well, okay. Anyways, so we had a nine chair salon, and a girl, you know, interviewed. I really liked her, and so I was like, "Let's do it." And so we scrounged up pennies to do a ten chair salon. You have such a good memory because I literally don't remember. Oh, I remember. I that. remember the. I remember us the interview, but I don't remember like, the. No. And I remember being where like, "Where did we put the station?" It. We put it. It was I think this station over here because remember we just had three and there was yeah, two originally. Okay. Um. So. Wild. Yeah. It, it was crazy. But For those of you that are just listening, we're in the salon. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see like the salon in the background. But if you're just yeah. listening to the podcast, we're in the salon. So. Presently. So check out our TikTok. Yes. Um, anyway, so so that really like creating the staff. And, you know, a good probably at least 60% of the staff that we hired is still with us. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, you know what's funny is we really didn't have turnover for a while, and then it just kind of happened. I felt like we had a lot. But it wasn't a lot of, like, bad... Luckily, we haven't really had any, like, horror stories or or a ton of horror stories. Yeah, we have um, a horror story. (laughs) About past employees. But um, usually it's like they're moving out of state or, you know, they have to... You know, they became a mom or whatever. You know, there's so many things that... Luckily, it's positive changes, you know, and it's not... 
because we had bad relationships. So I think that was key for us too, is like a big part of us opening a business. Like we had worked in many different places that we knew like we didn't want to create. Like our culture was super important that like we wanted to create a space that people felt like they could work in long term and flexible. Yeah. Like it just, we just didn't want to, you know, we all have worked for people we hated and we've worked for people who micromanaged us or, you know, just, didn't see our worth or whatever and so we just really that was super key to us it's like we want to create a space people want to work in like you know we don't have a salon the girls don't have to come in even if they don't have appointments we're really big on hey let's our online presence is huge we do huge we do online booking so we really make sure that the girls um have their books open, but I'm not going to have them sit up here. For one, that's annoying to me. Them just sitting yeah, and hanging out and like moping. Ugh, I don't like it. Come here, you know, work your yeah. booty off. You know, I'd love to see the staff, you know, creating like community or creating a lot of traffic for themselves online. But you're not going to do that when you're sitting at the salon, staring at yourself in the mirror and, you know, cutting your split ends. You know what I mean? Like that's That's not. Are you talking from experience? Yeah, honestly (laughs) I am. And so that I, to me, I think creating that environment, getting the staff to fill it really made, was a big factor. So some things I should point out too with the salon, we had to open in four weeks and that was a financial decision. I, my rent started January 1 of 2019 and I gave myself four weeks to get this business open and in that four weeks I was in sunny Iceland. (laughs) I had booked a trip. Um, And so I wasn't going to cancel. My God, that was silly. (laughs) And so I went to Iceland for a week. I mean, I literally was on the phone. Tanner was on the phone as well, but I was on the horn with like AT&T at a gift shop outside of an iced waterfall in the middle of the, what is that, the Atlantic? The Indian Ocean? No, no, Atlantic. Pacific. Specific is... Oh, God. That is, like, one of my biggest pet peeves when people say that. But in the middle of the ocean, you know, trying to grow this business, I believe we came home at, like, 10 a.m., and I had a meeting with the sign guy at, like, 11. Oh, wild. No sleep, anything. And we just kind of... I remember it. I don't know why either. But you just... I just kind of hit the ground running. And so I gave myself that four weeks. In that four weeks, I could not get a small business loan I look like an idiot at the bank with like a sheet of paper of like I need X amount of dollars and they I were need like 10 million please. yeah yeah please thank <laughs> you um, I'm almost out <laughs> me too should we get more no mm. <laughs> yeah good call so we ended up putting everything on a credit card I Wild. put and I'm gonna be 109% Ooh, honest tell, with you guys tell them the truth I put $30,000 on a credit card. Wild. We're I like, don't max up my out limit. your credit card. <laughs> yeah, I did. I maxed out my credit card. I literally, and I, it was so bad to where I. I don't remember that. Put the money on there and then I would pay a little bit off so that I could put more on there. Does that oh, make yeah. sense? And I remember because we had had our first employee meeting and I told you guys like do not spend more than 300 and you guys came back and you were like we bought gold plated silverware for everyone and I was like no <laughs> like it went through I have no idea how it went through and I was like oh my god they could not have done oh. that. I was freaking we out. We accidentally but... stole a, co- a cabinet from Target. Yeah they were like good news is they accidentally stole a cabinet. I'm like well great that helps. We still have that cabinet. Yeah. 
But anyways, and so I, you know, that was a big, so risk, I should say, is another theme for all of this. Like, But you have to think, though, like, starting a business, like, and you put in $30,000, like, that is, like, chump change compared to, like, the amount of, And I knew it at the time, but it was risky. I mean, putting all that on a credit card. I remember sitting at a restaurant when I didn't get the loan and talking to my ex now at the time and just thinking, how are we going to do this, you know? Like, are we going to get another loan are we gonna figure this out are we just gonna and I thought I literally applied for more credit on my credit card got approved and said okay here's my budget and let's just see what happens honestly I think that's like kind of a godsend because it really was then you're not because that's the thing is like with those loans like there's so many loan like loan things that you can get that's like up to a hundred thousand dollars and it's like you'll just end up spending way outside of your means because you have access where I just don't think that's important because I mean, we, I think it was like six months into us opening the business, we had no debt. No debt. There was was zero debt. And so to me, I'm like, most people, there's a five-year plan for debt. And debt we relief. had none. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's so important yeah. because we just didn't have frivolous spending. We mm-hmm. didn't buy things that we didn't need. We did get the gold. <laughs> no. I don't remember get, that, but. Oh, I remember it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it was nice, but guys. It was it's very nice. Think of the cost. Okay, let's in. keep going because my last, like, big key point, I think, and this is just because it's my background, but I think it's clear vision when it comes to branding culture and yes like the product that you're offering Mm -hmm. because a salon's no different than any other business it's like you have to have a very clear point of view and a perspective and I think coming from being in this for as long as we've been in and just knowing the people that we've known and kind of just having that um, touch to this to the industry I think we just had a very clear idea of what we wanted and You know, I just think, too, like, there's just such... I mean, I could go on about this for days and days about, like, how important branding and, like, consistency with a business is. Like, people have to know what they're getting when Mm -hmm. you give it to them. And, like, they have to know, like, every time that they show up, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be consistent. It's going to be, you know, that quality is always there all the time. And I think there's just, you know there's this kind of flightiness I think about hairstylists yes, and sure. luckily I think that's going away like I just don't see that anymore like there's just a very like I feel like most of the successful hairstylists I know they're very serious and they know you know exactly what they want to offer they know exactly what they want to do and I think that's really important because you know people don't want to continue to show up to, for something that they don't really know what they're getting or yeah. you know I, and I think that's just so important and another point you know, so my main job within the salon, for those of you that don't know, is just kind of basically operation. So I'm making sure, like, everything's working within the salon, but also, like, our online presence, our social media management, our, you know, all of those, you know, little things that actually are not that little. Like, they're huge. Because I can't tell you how many salons I look at, specifically in our area, that have really bad... They don't have a Online website. Online presence. No website. They'll have a Facebook, and yeah. that's it. Who has Facebook? I do. I mean, people do, but bleh, No, yuck. a website. Website is your gateway to what yeah. you're getting yourself into. and it's just into. crazy, and I know it's overwhelming, and 
you know, I, it's hard because since I have a lot of experience in that, it's easy for me to develop those things for the business. But I also but think there's a lot of, there's apps that there's can resources. create, I mean, very simple website yeah. designs, but it's, it's something. And nobody, I mean, I just, I know this is kind of um, letting go of the freedom of, or the control of your schedule, but like nobody has online booking. Like almost yeah. all of the downtown salons that I've looked at don't have online booking, which I think is just so crazy. And that's not clientele. You guys, anymore. I mean, just to many- share some stats, like we get close to 200 online bookings a month, like per month. Like mm-hmm. that is so many clients and so many of those people. Like I would say, I think the last report I pulled 47% of those were new clients. So if that tells you like people want the accessibility to be able to book online. I've spoken to clients in the salon that literally say like, I was so nervous to come in here. I didn't want to call and make an appointment. Like it was so nice that I could just get on, book the appointment, show up when I want to show up. And it's like, there's so many people that don't do that. How many times when you need information from a business or someone and it says to call and you're like, "Uh, not happening. No, if I go online and I search for something and I can't find it, I'm on to the next thing. Yeah. I'm like, no. And that's just, that's how it is now. And you could say it's generational. I, generational I think you can just say it's time like yeah, uh, yeah. almost it's, time's up <laughs> yeah <laughs> time is Am up I, do I have to wake up from a dream time's up time's up hell no but I, I mean even when you go to the restaurant and you get on a wait list it's on an yeah, app now it seems yes. like anymore or like so. literally like when you want to reserve a table somewhere and you can't do it on your phone I'm like oh, I'll just find a new restaurant yeah I literally parking, do that parking <laughs> Oh my God, why are we so fat? We never eat out. The parking (laughs) thing is not as big of a deal to me. I get it, but like, I don't really care. Like, I'll walk a block or something, but. Yeah, I don't know. Mine's more like, can I do it conveniently? Like, can I make a reservation conveniently? Can I. We want convenience because it's there. Yeah, but it's crazy how many people. And I should preference, like, I totally understand why hairstylists don't typically Mm. like are drawn to online booking you lose a lot of your control Control. i get it but once again there are apps on there that really give you as much control as you can have you can get very granular with it and like make it where like they can only book at this time yeah even not even be able to see like the availability that you have or whatever you know and i think this also goes back to um what i kind of touched based earlier but you can say no. Like, say no to a client. Oh, totally, like, yeah. hey, I saw you book something online, but listen, it's not going to work out. These are what I have available. I apologize. Yeah. You know, no, totally. people, people, especially now, I think, given the circumstances of the last couple of years, they're a lot more flexible than you give them time for. Now, I'm not saying cancel appointment because you're just, you know, yeah. continually cancel on a client because you're just not feeling it and then get mad at them when they don't rebook or they kind of call you out for it. I mean, that's a whole different storyline, but... I mean, I think there's something that's something that I've really had to learn in the past is to say no and to set my boundaries, and I'm still yeah. learning that. But, anyways, um, Do you have a third book- point. Um, no, you, you kind of talked and talked about that. <laughs> I guess that my third rude. point is Tanner, and I should also, should yeah, he really is a third point for me. I guess, I guess, I guess, because you know, I knew when I. And when we were looking at the salon and I kind of approached him that I wanted to open this, I remember we were at, I remember, I remember, we were oh at God. Chicago and I said, listen, I want to do this and uh, I'm going to make it work as possible, but I'm not doing it without you and I need you. And I oh knew I needed him because I needed. She needs me, guys. Uh, well, you heard it here In this first. one area of my life, I'm pretty no, good everywhere. everywhere else. But anyways, I knew I needed somebody 
for a go-to for my staff. I knew I was the finances. I was, you know, the clientele that would hopefully drive in more clientele. I knew I needed to be behind the chair making the income for the business to, to succeed. So I needed someone on the other end doing everything else. <laughs> I needed I, am. I needed staff members to have a person to go to when they were upset, when they were happy, when they wanted change, when they didn't want change. They needed that culture. They needed that go-to. Well, and you felt that way because of other experiences. Yes. Like we've all felt like we've been unheard or we've all felt like we're just a work you know we're a workhorse yeah we're here to make a dollar and nobody likes that and so it's like I think when you don't have that space reserved for the um, team that you have to be able to come forward and say yeah. how they feel and share their opinion and you know but and I, I didn't think know just, everything I don't well, and brand I mean, management I, I don't think isn't any my of forte. us do I, yeah I, I think collectively you need your team and so I mean without that being said you know we're talking about some of the business things that we've focused on to create a successful you know salon but I also think I mean, you can't do it without your team. Like, you literally, none of this is possible without the people in your salon. And so I think that's a huge part of it, too, is, like, we tried really hard to pick people that we knew would be long-term investments. And, you know, we just love, you know, everyone that we work with so much. And it's, like, it's friendly, but it's not friends. Like, we've never crossed that line of, like, we don't really hang out with our staff. You know, there's there's minimal moments, like big special events that we do. But, like, mm-hmm. we, like, have a really great, fun, friendly environment. But we've really maintained those boundaries of, like, no one's really that close with each other. Like, we see each other here and we create a really fun environment and mm-hmm. we're close and we talk about life and all those things. And, you know, we've had so many yeah. clients comment on that. Like, so many clients that are like, this place is so fun. Like, or yeah. I've had people who... You know, they've been with their stylist at their previous location and then they've come here and they're like, man, like the vibes are so different. Like they're like, wow, like you guys really are having, I can just tell you're having so much fun. And like, that was so important for me. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure it was for you too, that we create that kind of space. And well, having come from a Sola too, where it was just me and then me and my assistant, you know, I knew that that was important, but I do think it is important to, you know, once again, boundaries, I feel like I'm I'm great with boundaries. And that's, I think the thing too is like, Lisa has talked about this with me a lot is like with having someone that manages the business, like it's a lot easier for me to say no to people that I have no emotional investment in. So Mm -hmm. like if it's their clients or, you know, whatever, I can tell them no any day of the week or tell them, you know, the cancellation policy or whatever, you know, I I can have the hard conversations because there's no attachment there, you know, it's like, and so staff needs support for sure. And so I think it's, yeah, it's, it's nice to have that kind of person that can handle all of those things and. So, oh my gosh. I think I'm we're, a, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think we're almost done, but what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, I'm so excited for future episodes and like what we have to talk about. Like we have a long list of things I think that we yeah. want to chat about. You and can only see. Yeah, literally. So we're kind of looking at for our next episode, just what we want to do. And so we'd love for everyone to weigh in on what they would like to see. So some of our ideas we've kind of talked about, <laughs> no, pull it out, that travel quencher. 
Um, we've talked about like talking about client nightmares and some of that. Salon X. Um, yeah, Salon X and like just some of the things that like as providers we hate or just things that are hard to and deal I, with. I don't know about you, but my goal is for this to reach. I want it to reach a lot of stylists, especially yeah, locally. Totally. I'd love you know some of the schools to get invested into this, but I'd like to reach out to clients for, with this. Like I would love if clients could you know tell us you know can you talk about this? I've had this moment with this a um my beautician my beauty oh, operator God. and you know how do i address this or how do i say this blah 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 and, and vice versa stylist i yeah. have a client that does this i want to know more about this business non-business gossip whatever i really want this to no, i want to gossip a, more i want to talk yeah. shit i want to oh honey i got some <laughs> tea for you um anyway so our for our first podcast we're doing a little giveaway oh my god! and it's a big stanley cup Ooh, shiny you know these are hard to get they are no shout out to my sister-in-law that's a psycho (laughs) and had like a box of these in her garage wow this is like a power color you know this is so we're doing this as a giveaway, as I mentioned before. So on our Instagram, TikTok, both. Yeah, well, it'll be on all platforms. We'll kind on of show. On all platforms, comment what you want to be the next episode. Maybe make it salon Make it, you know, a question that you have, anything, comment. We just yeah, kind of want some content. Yeah, tell us what you want to know. Content, yeah. Any tea, gossip will be um, very PR with it. I can tell you about Lisa's, like, personal life. Yeah. We can tell you. Ask questions about who does tea, laundry at their house. You know, <laughs> I do too. We can talk about the dirty laundry. <laughs> Anyways, and then we want you to tag a friend. But we'll put this That's all so on our social cute. media. We'll enter and win a, a Stanley. Maybe we'll do more giveaways. We'll see how this one goes. But um, can you believe yeah. it? We're like podcasters. First one done. First one done. Do you think like? You're going to let the fame go to your head or like... I'm going to let the fame go to my chest. Oh. No, we don't. <laughs> it's already big. We don't need that. <laughs> All right, oh, guys. Well, thank you, you so much it. for listening to our first podcast. Ooh, if you're clink, watching clink. on YouTube, um, cheers. Cheers. We have nothing left, but... No more potato. Um, and yeah, stay tuned for the next one. And we look forward to talking like to you guys soon. Like and subscribe. Soon. Oh, yeah. Follow us on... Things. <laughs> on whatever Instagram, TikTok, mm-hmm. if you don't already. Google Earth. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, all right. Bye, guys. Bye.